You're listening to The Shelter, Stories of Redemption. If you would like to donate to this ministry, please visit ProvidenceRescueMission.org. Now, here's your host, Michael David. Hey guys, Michael David here. Welcome to the podcast, The Shelter. The Shelter is an amazing podcast where people tell stories of redemption. Today, we have Gilmar here. How are you doing today, Gilmar? Good, thank you, buddy. Gilmar, so I got to tell you, you are fantastic. Thank you. <laughs> I love your personality. I love when I come here. You're always so, so happy. So, but tell me your story here. Like, where, where did you grow up? Where are you from? I'm from Central America, Guatemala. Really? How, yeah. Now, when were you born? What year? Uh, 1963. Gilmar, you could have fooled me. I, I, could, I thought you were like 25, 26. <laughs> Thank you, buddy. <laughs> I'm 57. 57. Holy cow. Hey, listen, uh, one of the great things I love about you is that you don't act like a 57-year-old. You have a great young personality, which is fantastic. So you were born in Guatemala, Central America. Yes. So uh, tell me something. How did you get here? Well, um, I was uh, starting in a military school in Guatemala. Yep. Then uh, my mother and my youngest brother, decide to came to North America. Okay. Then, unfortunately, we lost, I lost my mother in the desert. She died in the mountains. Now, when you say you lost your mother, were you guys traveling to? Well, we, we, we tried try to cross illegally. So she came with my youngest brother and they walk a lot and Unfortunately, she's she's died. As a person who just lost their mother, my mom died this past July, and uh, I'm getting a little bit tingly here talking about this because it kind of yeah. hits home with me. I know. Um. So, how old were you when you lost your mom? Well, I think I have like 22 or You're 22. 23 years. Now, I, you were you close to your mom? Oh, yeah. 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 Now, I noticed you didn't say your dad. Now, was your dad in the picture at this time? No. No? No. Where was your dad? What happened with your dad? How was your relationship with your dad growing up? My relationship with my dad is wonderful. It is? Yeah. That's awesome. Now, do you still talk to him to this day? No, he's passed away, too. Did he really? Okay. Yeah. How old were you when he passed away? I'm already... I'm. I'm in this country when he's passed away. I'm almost like 35 or okay. 32 years. So you've been here about 20, 20 something years. I'm almost like 36 years. 36 years. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I can't do math, so don't mind me. <laughs> yeah. So Gilmar, so take it away. Tell me about your story. You know, I, I heard a little bit about your story um, from Louise. Tell me about your story. So you were traveling here with your mom and your brother. Your mom passed away in the desert. No, my brother and my mother travel along. I don't travel with okay. them. I, I stay in Guatemala because I was in the school. Okay. The military school. And uh, they came. And after that, like a few months, like five months later, they came in June. Uh 1985 okay then after that like i come come to this country in 
in June. They came in February. I came in June 25. Okay. Then I started I live with my brother, you know. He have a like flashbacks of my my mother. So he was there when your mom passed. Yeah, and he's still he's here. He's here now. Yeah, and uh, well, we started looking for job. Then in those times, I'm not I'm not drinking. Not I don't drink alcohol, beer, anything. So at that time, you were clean. I'm clean. Probably maybe I drink one or two beers, yep. play pool in the bar, but it's nothing big, you know. But unfortunately, this problem is progressive, you know. Then by the time I started drinking the weekends, then then later around I drinking. Every weekend plus Monday and Tuesday, I don't show up to work. Uh, then I keep going like that. But five years, maybe like I don't know how long, but the problem increased. So I've been drinking alcohol, like hard liquor. So let me go back a little bit. So you you came to America. Um, your brother was here. He had flashbacks. Yeah. And then you were drinking just a little bit here and there. Yeah. At what caused you to go from drinking just a little bit to all of a sudden you think, okay, I actually have a problem here. Mm-hmm. No. What, when did you actually realize that? Well, uh, I'm... I started to drink hard liquor, right? Well, what was your drink of choice? Well, whiskey. Whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> I got to tell you something. Black label. <laughs> I am not enough. I don't drink at all, but I've tried whiskey before. Yeah. So they say that you're supposed to put whiskey in your mouth and you're supposed to let it roll around and it mm-hmm. goes down slow. Yeah. I remember I tried it once. I, I put it in my mouth and I let it roll around my mouth and I... It, I don't know how I, it was like cough medicine. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't do it. Oh, I couldn't do it. Anyway, keep going. So your, your choice was, you know, black label whiskey. Yeah. I started with, with good kind of whiskeys. Then later around in these times, I started drink the, the cheapest because I can afford it yep. because I'm, I'm not working and I have my apartment and everything. And I drink in, in, in the street with friends I know. Not in the street, it's in one field in the ballet street in Providence. Then a lot of people go down there and share uh, drinks. Now, did it come a point where the alcohol started to almost run your life, kind of like? Well, yeah, because I get the bad habit, you know. I had a hangover, then... I drink a couple of shots and and I feel better. So that's be increased. So uh, maybe like six, seven months back, I started drink real, real, real bad. I drinking every single day for four months. Every, every day. single, every single day for four or more now did you wake up with the urge to drink yeah now I, here's, I, here's my question for you now 
were you drinking to forget about something or medicate or not feel pain? I, I think I, I drink for medicate myself because the hangovers kill me. Then I got to feel better when I say if I have a couple of shots, I feel better, you know. So you're, I'm a person who never really drinks. I want to I'm trying to understand this here. Mm-hmm. So you would drink. And you have you would have a hangover, yeah. And then you would wake up with the hangover, yeah, and, and I, drink more to feel better. Yep. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I I feel better. Then, actually, I drink. I got a couple of shots. I feel better, but I cannot stop after those couple of shots. I I keep going, and I get it drunk again. So you're addicted. I get addicted. Wow. Yeah. So this was about seven months ago. Yeah. So far. So yeah. months ago. Yeah. So was there a time now, if I remember correctly, now you were actually living in the park. Well, I have my apartment. I pay it sometimes when I don't have I don't have money. My youngest brother and my sister support me. But I feel bad for that, you know. I should be responsible. Well, let's go back to that part. You said your brother and your sister supported you. Did they ever try to get you off the alcohol? Oh yeah. Many times. Yeah. Many times. Now, did this? Did now? How did they try to get you off the alcohol? Well, they, my sister, I, I live in my sister's house for sometimes. You know, she say, "Come over, stay here, don't drink." And I'm the kind of person I used to. I don't drink every day. I maybe seven, eight months, nine months. I don't drink. Yep. Then. All of a sudden you start drinking every day. Yeah. Then I started to have a, you know, like maybe five, or maybe a week, two weeks drinking. Then I stopped, you know, but it happened. A lot of problems happened to me because the drinking, I lost cars. I have DUIs. Uh, I used to have car repairment for concealed weapon. Really? Yeah. Then I used to work in the gun store, dealing with the public, selling guns to the public. Then one time I go hunting, and I brought a lot of rifles in my trunk. I forget to take it out. Then I got stopped by the cops, you know, and they found like 10 assault rifles in my trunk, in the trunk of my car, and I got charges for that, for carry gun under the influence well well, let's bring this back (laughs) let's bring this back yeah so you worked for a gun company Uh, not gun company gun store a gun store you worked for a gun store yeah and you went hunting i was hunting but i forget to take those rifles out out from the 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 gun store give me some rifles to to test it you know yeah then when i go hunting i forgot to take it out from from my the trunk of the car. Then that day I was hunting. We killed a few few deers. Few bears, yeah. Deers. Oh deers. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Then we skin it and we eat some venison and drink some whiskey and beer. And I get a little bus, you know. Yeah. Drunk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> then like one o'clock and then uh twelve o'clock in the night. Yeah. I go back home, and the way I go back home, I got stopped by a hell, hell light. 
Oh my the, god! The police. Oh, yeah. Because of the so the police stopped you because the headlight was the head, was out was yeah, out. Yeah. Okay. I have my knife. I have my piece. My nine millimeters. So you had with, a gun. You had a gun on you too. On um, me. I okay. have. I used to have a carry permit. Yeah. I know I broke the law because when you have a gun, you're not supposed to be drink. Okay. You know. Yeah. Never mix. But I'm okay. I never burn a cartridge for make noise or, yeah. or disturb the peace. So you never used, you actually never used the gun? Never. Illegally? Never. Okay. I always have a permit from, yeah. from the law, you know? So what was going through your mind? So you get pulled over. I get pulled over, I stop, you know? Were, I, you, were you nervous? Did you know that something was going to go wrong because you had the guns in your car and you well, were drunk? I'm nervous because I'm drunk. Yeah. Not drunk. I'm, I have... I, not really drunk, but I I I, I was. You're buzzed. Yeah, you, you, little buzz. A little feel good. You feel a little good. Yeah, but I know I broke the law because I have my gun and I'm not supposed to be drink. Yeah. So that's the nervous. For the guns, I don't have worries because I carry have the permit, yeah. legal. I carry legally. So take me to the step here. So what happens from there on? Oh, they they take me to the to the jail to the police headquarters yeah. they they keep me in the headquarters for three days three days and far as i know you cannot uh the police doesn't have the rights to keep you more than 24 hours so why did they why did they keep you three days do you think uh, i think they try to find out who i am yep and how come i have a car permit one of the officers surprised because i hey, it's the first spanish guy I saw it with guns and have it legally. Well, unfortunately, you was a little boss. Say, I say, yeah. Uh, and he told me, I wish you good luck. And I say, thank you. I'm going to need it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so how did you get from... So let's kind of bring, let's kind of bring this back and bring in how you got to the mission. So... Your mom, your brother, and your mother were traveling the desert. Your mom passed away. Yeah. You ended up coming a little bit later. Yeah. Your brother's having flashbacks. Yeah. You start drinking a little bit, and then all of a sudden, you really start drinking mm. the good stuff, the yeah. black label stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, your drinking become over the past several, well, seven or eight months ago, the, the drinking really became a problem. Yeah. Now you got pulled over by the police. You had gun. You had a. You have a gun permit, yeah. but you had rifles in your car. Yeah. They take you into the. They take you to jail. Hold you for three days. Mm-hmm. Now, how did you go from there to sleeping in the park? Well, I I was sleeping in the park because the people who I hang it and drink it. Yeah. You know, I I can find the liquor over there where the liquor store is closed. Yeah. So that's why. Because I have a place to live. I'm always have a place to live. Sure. But I don't want to go to my house. I sure. want to stay out. So I sometimes I I fall asleep over there. But after that, I find a place. A friend of mine let me sleep over in the house because they drinking too. Okay. We're drinking every day, so every single day. the people you were hanging out with were also drinking. Yeah. So they were contributing to your problem. Of course. So then, how did you get here into the Providence Rescue Mission? Well, uh, 
one of those days I was drinking, drinking in the park. I have a big hangover. It's early. At, and uh, I found a friend of mine. He said, hey, come over. I jump in his pickup truck and we go buy some beers and, and booze. Then I was drinking there and uh, my sister-in-law uh, have a friend come to the mission. And she she asked her friend to if she knows somebody can help me or something. And she talk, she said, yeah, I have a friend of mine whose name is Luis. And uh, she gave it the phone number and my my sister-in-law called Luis or uh, yeah, called Luis. And Luis called uh, his brother, and his brother picked me up, Adam. Yeah, now did, did you want the help at that time? Well, uh, really, because uh, when I have the hangover, in the beginning, I feel good to uh, have a few drinks yeah. and get rid of it from the hangover. Sure. But uh, later on, I pray when I'm drunk, and I say, God, please, I don't want to drink anymore. Interesting. So... You you did pray to God. So I, did you always believe in God before you came to the mission? Always. Okay. Yeah. So you, I, I grow like that. That's awesome. Because yeah. that's see, that makes me smile because during the time you were at your lowest, you still called out to God. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So you come to the mission. Now, how has your life changed? Like what is what has the mission done for you over the past seven months? Well, uh first of all, uh I stopped drinking. You did? Yeah. That's I'm, awesome. I, I don't have not even the small feeling to drink a sip of alcohol again. As you just said that, you had, the, you had a smile on your face. <laughs> Why is that? Because I feel happy to, I, I don't do it anymore. You just gave me chills up my spine. <laughs> <laughs> like, that makes me ecstatic for you. Yeah. So you So you're saying that the feeling of happiness is because... You have no reason to drink anymore. No. I, uh, well, I, actually, I have a God in my heart, always. God? God. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, probably, not probably, I'm sure he's take care of me when I'm been walking in the wrong path. Mm. But when I came here, I feel a lot better because I can see a lot of people uh, have the same problem or worse than I do. Yeah. Then that let me let me see it. How I can look when I was drinking. Mm-hmm. Then that helped me out because I see they they have a more problems. I, I just drink. I, I maybe I use marijuana or, or cocaine once in a while, but I don't have that habit. Yeah. And yes, when I drinking with the friends, I take a sniff or take a, a puff of of marijuana cigarette. But I'm not have that habit. My habit is drinking. It's it's weird because like it's it's not weird, but it's great because I your what you just said made me think of a guy named Dan. We did a video. Remember the video we did for Dan? Mm-hmm. And I remember in the video he said the same thing you're saying. Mm-hmm. The desire was gone, and for him, he had a cocaine problem, mm-hmm. and 
He said God saw it different. He suffered um, no withdrawal syndromes or no desires either. And I love the fact that when you had an issue with um, alcoholism, God took that away. Yeah. To me, that's amazing because there's so many people in this world who have issues, whether it be alcoholism, drug issues, um, porn issues, selfishness, pride. Because the thing is, people, I want people to realize one thing. God, it says, for our, all have sinned, not just the people who are drunk, the people who are addicts. God died for everybody. Like me cursing versus you drinking or someone doing drugs, God died for everybody. everybody. And I love that because yeah. what people have to realize is this. One of the biggest reasons why they have a hard time overcoming things is because of one reason, I think. It's pride. A lot of people have pride issues where I don't want the help. You, you, I don't need the help. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. But when people get to that point where they're like, I am not fine. Yeah. I need help. And then they have realized that they're no better than anybody else. Everyone, God died for every single person. When God said the word sin, that uncovers, that encompasses all sin. Mm -hmm. So what I love about your story, I love about Dan's story is I want people to really understand that we all need help. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to be an alcoholic. You don't have to be a drug addict. You can be a person who just lies. Yeah. God died for everyone. And the great thing about the mission is the mission doesn't look at people as, okay, you're, you're a drug addict, you're this or that or that. It's like, no, you want help. We'll help you. Of course. Yeah. And I want to add something. Sure. Uh, then uh, by the time I'm here, I go with Luis some different places to see the people have the same problem I have and we bring some food and drinks and I I can see it you know the alcohol put a like blind you mm -hmm. you don't see your problem yeah until you see somebody somebody else have that problem then you see your problem yeah, and I like how you said that too. And I want to ask you a question. Are you being at the mission? Um, I know there's a discipleship program. Are you going through that now? Yes, I, I'm a disciple. Now, what is the discipleship program? Well, well, the program is is good. You know, uh, they they give us classes, they teaching, and uh, if you really want to change. That works. Yeah. What, what, what are they teaching you in these programs? Like, what is it like? The Bible studies. Yeah. You know? That's awesome. Yeah. Bible studies. Uh, uh, they they teach you uh, be a responsible, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's good, you know? And plus, they feed you over here, you know? They I'm going to say they feed, <laughs> they feed people really well. I was here the other day. They had pizza. They had ribs, mashed potatoes. Oh, yeah. It's like a five-star restaurant. It's fantastic over <laughs> yeah. here. Oh, man. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a good, um, how do you say? It's a good help. God bless the mission and the people who run it because it's a privilege from God to do the help others, you know? 
you know, what you just said about helping others. Um, I have a five and a seven year old mm-hmm. and back in the day, I'm not sure if I ever told you this, but my youth group helped build the rescue mission. Oh yeah. Um, we came in and we knocked down all the walls with hammers. Okay. We got all our teenage anger out on the walls. Okay. And then my church came in and put up all the walls to what the mission looks like today. And there's been a couple of revisions here and there, but, um, when I was in the youth group, we were well, I was part of what we called the SALT team. Students are leaders today. And the verse, our main verse was in Matthew. It says, for Christ did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. Yeah. And what I love about your story is now you're serving other people and helping other people just as Christ would do. Because I think a lot of times as Christians, we get so caught up and we look at people and we say, oh, that's a drug addict. I can't believe he's doing that. Oh, that's a... Um, a person who is an alcoholic. I can't believe he's doing that. And we put ourselves on a high uh, a pedestal. And when reality is, we're just as bad. They, that's, just, that's just a sin pattern they have. Um, uh, well, another Christian's sin pattern can be lying, stealing, or whatever. As I said before, God died for, for all. Oh, yeah. And um, what I love about it is, you're coming off that pedestal and you're serving. Yeah. To me, that is amazing. I love the fact that you were struggling with something and then you're seeing people struggling with something at the mission and you're here helping them. Thank God, yeah. And I uh someday I'm um, I'm thinking about it if I have the opportunity to go to different countries and help the poor people and uh, drug addicts and uh, alcoholics, elder people. That's my dream. Really? Yeah. You just I, gave me chills up my spine, Gilmar. Yeah. That's that's what I want. And you know something? I want to take you back a little bit. So when you look at the Bible and look who God was, so Jesus came down to earth. He Jesus is God. Um, he took the formation of a of a of a, of a man mm-hmm. on earth. When you look at Jesus, and you look at Isaiah, it, it says. He was nothing special to look at. He was just a normal person. He didn't come into this world looking like Tom Cruise mm-hmm. or Antonio Banderas or something. He came in looking like someone like me, <laughs> just normal and, well, not fat, but something normal. <laughs> a, a carpenter. Yeah, he yeah. came as a carpenter. He, didn't, he wasn't like this bombshell hunk of a man. He was a normal human being. And, but he came here with one mission, to serve and die for humanity. And what I love about your story is you went from the lowest of lows and now you're at this mission and now you're not just content being here. You want to go out and serve other people. Of course. That is being Christ-like to a T. I love that. Thank you. So here's a question for you. Where would you be if you didn't come to the mission seven months ago? What would you be doing now? Probably, <laughs> I'm di- I die already. You think you'd be dead? Yeah. Probably. So who knows? There's a chance you could be dead, but you'd probably be in the same position. Probably, yeah. It's almost like God brought, you know, Sean, Marbeth, Marbeth Carew in the mission. And they saved your life. Of course. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, 
Well, Gilmar, this was an amazing, amazing, amazing story. And I really hope that people can take your story and help change their lives. You know, I want to remind you guys one thing. The Providence Rescue Mission is an amazing, amazing place. Um, it's 100% privately funded. Um, if you ever want to donate to the Providence Rescue Mission, because like I said, we are not funded by the government. We're, we're funded by people just like you. And your funds go to help people like Gilmar and the other guests that are on this show and people who come through the mission. So if you go to ProvidenceRescueMission.org, you know, we can definitely go ahead and donate to the mission and we can definitely contact you as well. And if you ever want to get involved in the mission, we could always use your hand. But guys, thank you so much uh, for listening to The Shelter. I am Mike. We, We had Gilmar here today. Thank you so much, Gilmar. Thank you. My name, by by the way, my name is Gilmar Orellana. It's my last name, Orellana, O-R-E-L-L-A-N-A. I'm glad to be here, and thank you, God, and thank you, the people who run the mission. They are great people. They have a nice, beautiful heart. Then God bless it all. Thanks, Gilmar. Until next time, guys, this is The Shelter, Stories of Redemption.